Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 35 degrees and cloudy here at 4 oh, just about 410 here at the station. Um, got some good news, Jake. I just got an email that we will be broadcasting live from the Conservative Political Action Convention next week, Wednesday, next Thursday, week. and Friday I'm from National Harbor, Maryland. That was so much fun when you went down there last year, Rob. It was fun putting all the clips together, all the ones that you emailed to me and everything. And it, it's it's a little earlier than last year. I remember last year it was the first first weekend of March, but something I'm really looking forward to for the second year in a row. I'm looking forward to it as well. The thing is, last year I was only here for about a month and yeah. uh, still getting a grasp of all the technical issues and everything like that. And thank you for walking me through that last year. <laughs> Hopefully I got a better grasp this year. But uh, you know what? A lot of people don't understand that what that day entails. From 7 o'clock in the morning till my showtime, I'm running around. I'm watching the speakers speak. I'm getting interviews. I'm emailing you those interviews so you have the audio for it during the day. Also, I'm looking at news stories here to talk about local stuff to prepare for the show and arrange guests and time slots. And again, you have members of Congress and senators and you know people who are speaking there. There's probably about 50 different media organizations there, and to fit into the schedule of timelines, who can get in time, who can get an interview at this time, that time. Uh, there's a lot of running around involved. It is definitely a full day, not only for me, but for you as well. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the challenge of it. And without challenge, there is no achievement. So that's one of my favorite quotes that I live by. But yeah, I definitely look forward to it again this year. I still remember all the back and forth last year on the phone. I want to run this interview at this certain time, so on and so forth. And it's definitely going to be a lot of fun again, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, yep, I am too. But I just got the interview from uh, the American Conservative Union that we will be broadcasting live. We were approved for the live broadcast slot uh, next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we'll be live from National Harbor in Maryland to bring you the Conservative Political Action Conference. Uh, as we move on here, you got a Florida sheriff warns terrorist attack is on the way because of the border crisis. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd said the biggest problem with illegal border crosses is they're coming across the border specifically to commit crime. We're starting to see this more and more now, and not all of them, but there are a large faction that are coming here just because of their criminal enterprising. This also includes sleepers. They're coming across the border hand over fist as a result of a very organized system that processes by criminal cartels out of Mexico. They're bringing with them methamphetamine. They're bringing with them fentanyl. The Florida sheriff said in a discussion with Citizens Defending Freedom founder Steve Maxwell, we're not just dealing with migrants coming here to better themselves, he added. That's not the issue. That's creating the biggest problem. The biggest problem is that these folks are coming across the border from all kinds of terrorist nations. Cartels are flooding the U.S. with drugs that are killing thousands of people a year, and we don't even know yet the end game of the terrorists who are sneaking across. That's still oblivious to us. Now, you have to realize we've had more people on the terrorist watch list over the past year than we have in the past decade. That's scary. And this is who we've caught, not the people who are paying the cartels. These are people who came across themselves, got to the border, decided to come in and have their names run. Uh, we saw a piece last week where an individual was stopped. And they said, oh, this person's on a terrorist watch list and then did another check and says, oh, we don't believe it's the right person. Let him go. And he was 
captured a year later in Chicago as, yes, being a wanted terrorist. That's been here for a year. What did he do in those years, in that year? All the while, we have a Congress and politicians playing games. They're not changing the system because there's not been a major explosion or implosion. But trust me when I tell you, it's on the way. Judd said he talks to constituents every day, including Republicans, Democrats, independents, unregistered voters. None, he said, thinks it's okay to bring fentanyl across the southern border and kill our kids. No one thinks it's a good idea of any political stripe. No one that I talk to thinks it's okay for terrorists to come across the southern border, which they are. And we know they are, to plan their next attack against the people of this country. No one thinks that. So if no one thinks that, why is it that our representatives that we send to protect us don't recognize that? He said the most basic rule that should be in place is you don't let people that you don't know come into this country. Retired FBI counterintelligence officials warned Congress last month that a terrorist attack was likely imminent and preventable. They said it would be difficult to overstate the danger represented by the precise, the presence inside our borders of what is a comparatively a multi-division army of young single adult males from hostile nations and regions whose background, intent, or allegiance is completely unknown. They include individuals encountered by border officials and then possibly released into the country along with the shockingly high estimate of gotaways, meaning those who have entered and evaded apprehension. An estimated 2 million gotaways illegally entered since January 2021. News have reported, despite claims by the administration that the policies they put in place are preventing illegal entry, in the first quarter of fiscal 2024, apprehensions at the southern border were the highest in U.S. history, totaling over 785,000 and greater than a population of three U.S. states. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have also warned about terrorists and cartel operatives bringing fentanyl through the southern border to kill Americans. Abbott has argued that the president's first year in office, fentanyl killed nearly 20 times more people than those killed in terrorist attacks over decades. Since Abbott launched his border security mission, Operation Lone Star, in March 2021, the multi-agency effort in Texas, including from Florida, has seized more than 458 million lethal doses of fentanyl, enough to kill everyone in the U.S. and Canada. In the first two fiscal years of Biden's presidency, CBP agents seized enough fentanyl to kill nearly 5 billion people. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency has seized more than 77 million fentanyl pills and nearly 12,000 pounds of fentanyl powder, the most the DEA seized in a single year in agency history. The quantity translates to more than 386 million deadly doses of fentanyl, enough to kill more than everyone in the United States. In Florida, Sheriff Judd said, we've seized enough fentanyl in the last year to overdose and kill probably 8 or 9 million people. Fentanyl being smuggled through the southern border doesn't stay at the southern border, he said. It affects every community in the nation. We used to think it was just a big deal to seize a gram or an ounce of fentanyl. We're seizing it by the multi-kilos today. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody 
for years has called on the president to designate illicit fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction, warning it could be used by terrorists. The amount that isn't seized, the amount that isn't being seized is leading cause of death in Americans between the age of 25 and 45, according to the CDC. From May 2020 to April 2021, the estimated number of drug overdose deaths in the United States exceeded 100,000 over a 12-month period for the first time in U.S. history. The majority, 64%, involved synthetic opioids, mainly illicit manufactured fentanyl. Drug overdose rates involving fentanyl increased in 2021 by 279% from 2016 and 24% from 2020, the CDC reported. But here's the silent problem we don't know, Judd said. We don't know how many terrorists have come into the country over the southern border that have not made any noise yet. But they're coming here, and they're mustering, and they're planning their next event that's going to occur. That we know. Now, a lot of people say, well, if there's all these terrorists in the countries, how come we haven't seen anything yet? How come they haven't attacked anything? How come they haven't blown anything up? How come they haven't killed anybody? The same reason why the 9-11 terrorists didn't do anything immediately. They came here. They got their training. They got their flight training. They got their logistics in place. And they did what they did. Same thing with the 93 World Trade Center bombing. There was a whole infrastructure for months and years before that attack took place in planning, what they were going to do, trial runs, and everything else. So when all the experts are telling you that they're already here and it's just a matter of time before something happens, at what point do we need to wake up? When you have all the experts saying that all these things are coming in through our border because of our lack of border security, but yet, like they said, our elected representatives, all of them, Republicans and Democrats. I'm not pointing fingers here. We're just dealing with the most recent bout of incompetence under this administration. Hey, make no minds about it. Um, Donald Trump had both houses for a little bit. He could have did whatever he wanted. He didn't. Uh, Joe Biden had both houses for a while. Could have did whatever they wanted. They didn't. Obama had both houses for quite a while. Could have done whatever he wanted. They didn't. A, because illegal immigration is a pawn that they need to be perpetual situation for fundraising, just like the other things that they deal with, just like the the deficit, just like Social Security, just like Medicare. At what point will it be too late before they say, yes, we really need to secure our border? And I'm not just talking about migrants taking up cities' budgets, bankrupting them like New York City, like Chicago, like Philadelphia, like areas all around. I'm talking about when people are attacked, when situation really happens here on a multi-stage um, platform. That's what scares the hell out of me. And it, if you think it's not going to happen, I've lived through it four times myself. I don't want anyone else to live through it at all. Nevertheless, one, two, three, or four times. So when you say it could never happen, when you say it's not a, it's not a threat to me, when you say it, well, what, what's, it doesn't affect me, I'm walking proof that it happens time and time again. Just happened to be at the right place at the wrong time, I guess. It's uh, 421 here at WIOK. Time for traffic and weather. 
And thank you, Rob. We're not getting any reports of any accidents on 81, 80, 84, 380, or 476, the PA Turnpike. They all look pretty good at the moment. Um, a little bit of heavy traffic in the usual spots, Blakely Street in Dunmore, in Scranton on Jefferson Ave, North, North Kaiser Ave as well. That is a bit bumper to bumper. East Main Street, Route 11 in Plymouth Borough um, has some heavy traffic, but nothing that's causing any major delays. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. From the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone with this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from the meteorologists over there, Channel 16. Today, um, increasing clouds, maybe snow showers, high of 37. Tonight, cloudy and breezy with snow showers and flurries with accumulations of less than an inch, low 27. Friday, morning showers, then windy and a mix of clouds and sun, high 37. Snow showers and flurries, Saturday, high of 37 again. Partly sunny and breezy Sunday, high of 40, currently 34 degrees here at 422. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Let's, uh, you can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Max from Dixon City on the shooting. Max. Yeah, a lot of questions. You know, you know as far as prosecuting, it, you know, it's pretty scary that they literally need someone to see this guy doing it. And my question is, yeah, if he has a rap sheet, you know, this juvenile, I mean, if, if he's a captain of the um, athletes, you know, they didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, you know, maybe that story about picking up the gun – Maybe there's something there, but I mean, if, if this guy has a well, solve, uh, I was just that was my interpretation of what a lawyer in his case would say in a situation like that. That wasn't what he's saying. I'm just saying how yeah. difficult that investigation becomes because really, this is how yeah. defense attorneys do justify him having that gun, him running, and such like that. Oh, absolutely. And, and another scary thing is that I've learned in Philadelphia with Larry Krasner, and then recently with uh, Alvin Bragg in New York City. That you know piece of garbage that soros da there we saw on the subway with the uh, the caucasian ex-marine when he um, you know put uh, a guillotine choke on you know an assailant in the subway and he ended up dying um not necessarily through the choke but he was just in really bad shape but he was threatening people he got you know put in jail and he's now on trial for murder and in philadelphia a similar situation where a good samaritan you know stood up to one of these people and now the DA, uh, Larry Krasner, you know, because as a, a white man on a black man, uh, they said it was a race crime that he attacked him. So my question is with this um, construction worker, Hero, that tackled and gave a couple body shots to this would-be assailant, who's to say that this DA, if he's like a Soros DA, wouldn't press charges against this man? Because from what I'm gathering, it was a minority. It was um, a black male that was a suspect. And as we all have seen with these Soros DAs, if you're a white person and you're attacking in self-defense, you're the one that's liable. So is that going to be on the table, in your opinion? I don't hear because I, I think across the board, uh, everyone's seeing this individual as a good Samaritan to where, you know, they tried to make the other issue more of a racial thing where where here uh, I don't think anyone – anyone's going to even breach that because I think they'll be shut down rather quickly. Yeah, that's my fear usually, like, because what I've been seeing is, you know, they say, well, this was a, 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 he was just attacking him because he's black. 
You know, that's what we that's been the defense, you know, with these Soros DAs. Well, so, I, I think of a defense attorney, you know, everything, anything, once a defense attorney gets a hold of whoever the suspects are, including this individual who, who's apparently a juvenile at this point, it's not confirmed yet, um, you know, a defense attorney is going to throw everything and anything at the wall and, and see if it sticks. And my, my question is, you know, to you about, you know, these people that want gun control. So when is it when, when they stand up and say, look, these juveniles, gang members mostly, have weapons that are so sophisticated that I can't even get, okay, as, as a law-abiding citizen. Who's to say that maybe it's time they start cracking down on gang members with guns and take their guns and make law, new laws and or affix the laws that are on the books and throw the book at these people and, um, and have, like, maybe a specific labor camp set up where they're pushing a turbine all day to make that, you know, electricity for these electric cars. Maybe it's time we start looking at that as far as far as gun control is concerned. Well, I, I've said all, I've said all along the the, I've said all members. along that we need to we need to hold them accountable for gun crimes, not the judicial revolving door that's gone on from that. Uh, and we'll see where it stands here. Uh, we'll see first of all who in fact did what. Uh, more information, I'm sure, will come out. They were supposed to charge, but within 24 hours, so we'll see that today. Max, I appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. It is uh, 4.31 here at WILK. It's time for the news with Nancy Kamen, who's in for Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio on this Thursday, February 15th, 2024. It's the point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 58 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, one of which are from here in Pennsylvania. Captain Jasper H. Fitcher. Williamsport Bureau of Police in 1930 died of complications after being bitten on the hand by an intoxicated man. Captain Fisher was uh, taking uh, license cards from the man when he was bitten. He developed septus and died a little more than a month later. God only knows what that guy's mouth looked like. Uh, But that's our one from here area. And I want to give a special shout out to all the first responders, especially our firemen who fought that enormous fire in Edwardsville today. Um, here in the smoke, it was just incredible, and it was uh, pretty cold out there. So to all the first responders, the EMS, EMTs that were giving a, a rehab to those firemen as they fought the fire, kudos to you guys out there. Let's go to the phones. And again, you can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, L from Wayne County on the border. L. Hi. Uh, I have a, a question to ask you, and then I have a comment. Um, what I wanted to know is I, I didn't get the name of the guy that you were saying brought up about the terrorists coming into the border. You just said it about 20 minutes ago or so. The sheriff of Polk County. I don't have the name in front of me. Oh, okay. Um, on February 4th, they had on the one Sunday show I listened to just to see how much inaccuracy they're, they're going to throw. Um, they were talking, they had Mike Turner on, and he was talking about the border, and then they had an FBI guy, I think his name was Ray, but I didn't catch his last name, and he he mentioned that day about the terrorists at the border that we are in high alert. He mentioned it that day. So now it's taken since that day to finally get out into the the rest of the news now that they're saying that it's in high alert. So that's that's quite a quite a bit quite a few days. 
I, I'm, I'm surprised because I was going to bring it up before, you know, right after that show aired, but I didn't just to see how long it was going to take for somebody to bring it up. And that's, that's quite a few days, really. But uh, I don't know. They, 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 I, I like your idea, Rob. I heard you earlier about the, uh, what they need to do. And they need to, you need to call Dan Muser's office and, and talk to him about what you said. And if anybody's going to help you get a bill through or to get it into the, the house, he might be able to be the one to do it because he's a pretty cool guy. And I think, I think he's a good guy, you know, like you, 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 you're, you're doing a fantastic job and, um, I, I just am so proud that you're doing such a great job, Rob, really. Well, talking common sense here to the people in Northeast Pennsylvania, and Dan Muser knows where to find us if he's looking for recommendations. But listen, I, I serve on national law enforcement boards, uh, advisory boards across the nation where I talk to uh, people from Washington, people from elected office all over the nation, and, and so do many others. I'm one of many. Uh, I mean, uh, th there was, there's, I, I'm no stranger to saying what needs to be done as far as law enforcement out there, as far as gun crime goes. And, and I say it time and time again about those mandatory minimums when it comes to things. Uh, the answers are out there. They just don't want them because, um, you know, politics. Elle, I appreciate well, Go ahead. Just keep telling them all. Just keep repeating the same thing over and over. Because I, a long time ago, said that our bills need to be one item on a bill and no more than around 50 pages. Because it's just extreme what they're doing. It is. It is. And, and uh, we'll see. But it, it's, like I said, uh, our own Senator Bob Casey was out within minutes of the shooting saying that we needed uh, we needed Washington to do, do, do something before he even knew what was happening. Help. Appreciate yeah. it. We got uh, traffic and okay. weather coming up. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. It's uh, 4.41 time for traffic and weather. And this Pentella Data Internet traffic update is brought to you by Krispy Kreme in Clark Summit and Scranton. Looks like an accident on Route 315 right near McDonald's and Arby's. So just be use caution while you're out there on 315. An accident reported within the last couple of minutes. Heavy traffic on Blackman Street. In Wilkesbury, we have some heavy traffic on Jefferson Avenue, Scranton, Northern Boulevard, and Clark Summit as well. 81 is looking good. 80, 380, and 476, the PA Turnpike, have no problems to report. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. From the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone with this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Have you been watching this, the Fannie Willis testifying? She's turned the court system into Jerry Springer. It's hilarious. <laughs> and, and I'm only getting what I can get, the clips during the breaks and such. But from what I understand, it's, it's gone full-blown Jerry Springer. Um, she's well, been declared a hostile, a hostile witness. Oh. Uh, so it's interesting if you, have a, if you have a TV around and wanted to, to listen. Um, it's time for the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from the meteorologists over there at Channel 16. Tonight, cloudy and breezy with snow showers and flurries with accumulations of less than an inch, low 27. Friday morning showers, um, morning snow showers, then windy and a mix of clouds and sun, high 37. Snow showers and flurries on Saturday, high 37. Partly sunny and breezy, high 40 on, uh, Sunday. It's currently 35 degrees and cloudy here at 443. 
The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins transform into the area's favorite fruit this Saturday when the team hosts Pittston Tomatoes Night, presented by Visit Luzerne County. The tomatoes will look to squash the Laval Rocket at 6.05 p.m. And fans can enjoy all kinds of tomato-themed fun and antics, including tomato merchandise, contests, and a visit from Stu, the Pittston Tomato Festival mascot. Tickets are available online at wbspenguins.com or by calling 570-208-7367. Go Pens! Little Jerry Springer music in the delight of uh, District Attorney Fanny Willis. And if we want, when we come back from the next break, it could be the 90s theme song with the saxophone. <laughs> I'm waiting for her to get up out of the chair, the witness chair, and start pulling hair or something or throwing stuff. Uh, it's it's the, the clips I heard Jerry are just when you need them. utterly. Now, now it, it, this morning, I, I, I thank this, this, this sideshow. Um, it actually was very... It was actually very entertaining this morning, if it wasn't sad. But um, Mr. Wade, who was the special prosecutor in the case, um, is either the dumbest man on the planet of the Earth, or the plan on planet Earth, or plays it one very well on TV. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, he was he he answered very specific legal questions and signed an affidavit multiple times uh, in his divorce proceedings, and he it said, "Have you ever spent any money on a woman other than your wife while you were married, or up until this time?" And he stated no on multiple occasions, and then during. Um, during the, the questioning, it turned out he did with Fannie Willis back in 2020, 2021, and 2022. And again, this was signed in 2022. But he's saying because in his mind his marriage ended in 2015, he answered it truthfully and didn't lie on the affidavit. And this is Mr. Wade, the special prosecutor. So... They dug in a little bit, and it said either married, separated, to this day. And and he continued. And then he was asked specifically, do you have any receipts of gifts, dinners, spending money on someone other than your wife while you were married, separated, up until today? And again, this is a divorce filing, so they're not divorced yet. So they, they were technically separated, I guess. And it specifically said separated. And he said, no, I don't have any receipts. And they were digging in, and they presented him with his credit card statements, which showed multiple purchases for Fannie Willis. And he said, well, those are statements. Those aren't receipts. You asked me if I specifically had receipts. I don't have receipts. That's a statement. And it just became a clown show at this at, at that point. And... You know, things to where he would make, he, he would get asked a question and a wait five minutes and then answer, no. Uh, things like that. And from what I'm gathering from Fannie Willis, who is now on the stand, and this is still going on now, she's become pretty combative in her testimony, pretty flamboyant in her testimony, to where she's had to be reprimanded multiple times by the judge, who, from what I'm told by legal experts that I'm following while I'm watching this, 
and talking to you is he's given her so much leeway they don't even understand it at this point anymore. So if you have some time to watch the testimony earlier today or what's going on right now, I'm sure it'll be entertaining at least. But when you lose MSNBC, and and let me see if I can find this, because even MSNBC has said that Fannie Willis and Wade are done. Uh, Let me see if I can get... It's so legalistic-centric and yet so important and fascinating. Right. Don't let the legalese fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think, uh, Fonnie Willis lied to the court, it's game over for her. She will be disqualified. Um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to, to the court, it's it's a huge deal. I, I can't overstate it. And do you... That was an MSNBC legal analyst and panel on MSNBC. You lose MSNBC, you're pretty much toast. And not only would I be worried about, I think it's a done deal, Fannie Willis and and Mr. Wade get removed from this case. I think that's a done deal. And that's separate from the case. If they decide to give it to someone else, another jurisdiction, whatever they decide to do there. I'd be more worried about both of them being disbarred or prosecuted. Because they got into Mr. Wade's taxes. They got into Mr. Wade. Now, Mr. Wade's the special prosecutor who was getting paid almost three-quarters of a million dollars to prosecute Donald Trump and 19 others. It's It goes into where he says he put everything on his business credit card. And he's saying, well, Fannie Willis paid me back in cash for her, for the expenses that I bought. The, I bought her a cruise. She paid me back in cash. I bought her dinner. She paid me back in cash. I, I mean, who at this point, first of all, does does anyone, has anyone gone to the bank in the past six months and taken out $1,500 in cash? I mean, I don't, I don't recall a time in, in the last year that I've gone to the bank to get over $1,000 in cash out. I mean, with cash apps now or checks, I mean, people don't even write checks anymore. Everything's cash apps, electric transfers, Venmos, PayPal's, uh, Zelle's. Uh, th- there's so many ways to transfer money now, but you know, people people go for coffee runs all the time. They go to lunches all the time. Hey, what was my half on that? I'll sell you, or I'll PayPal you, or I'll, I'll Venmo you the, the half now. Which is why the IRS wants to crack down on this. But he's saying that she paid back everything he spent on her in cash. Now it's easy enough to check. I mean, they could just go back and see did she withdraw a thousand dollars in cash during that time, around that time. Um, but since he put everything on his business card, his business credit card, these trips, these dinners and such like that, they also had his tax returns, which said, well, you obviously declared that you were getting paid this cash back from Mrs. Uh, Willis, weren't, didn't you? And he didn't have the answers to that. So I think Mr. Wade and Miss Willis are in a lot more trouble as far as um, maybe even being prosecuted themselves, uh, IRS fraud, tax fraud. And again, this is just from the questioning that was taking place this morning where he's saying, yes, he used his business credit card. And they were saying, asked very specific questions. Well, did you end up writing that off on your business as a business expense? And he didn't have an answer to that. And he says, well, it wasn't a business expense because she would pay me back her share of that in cash. And uh, obviously because there's little proof of that, but there is. If they start digging into her, get her bank transaction records, get all her accounts and say, okay, 
This month is when she he's alleging that she gave him cash back. Was there any withdrawal that month of $1,000 or $1,200 or $1,400, whatever the her side of the cruise was or whatever her half of the airfare was or dinner or a cabin in Tennessee? There is so much going on here. I'm telling you, it's literally like Jerry Springer. And in one of her good friends who worked for the DA's office, who will probably get written off as a disgruntled employee, who was her friend for many years. She brought her into the DA's office to work, testified today, and said, I, phys- I, I personally saw them kissing, hugging, walking hand in hand back in 2019. Now, this individual resigned, and it came out in testimony that she was given a choice. Either resign or you're going to be fired by Fannie Willis's office when she worked there. So she's going to be dis- dis- discounted as a disgruntled employee that's trying to get back at Fannie Willis because she didn't protect her. But Fannie Willis did stay at her townhouse and pay her rent. They were friends, and she testified under oath. I saw with my own two eyes that they were in a romantic relationship all the way back to 2019. It's going to be problems here for uh, Miss Willis in Georgia. And again, where the case goes from here is, is, is uh, who knows? But this, I, I think it's safe to say that Fannie Willis and Mr. Wade are done as far as any prosecution or handling of anything in that case as we move forward. It's uh, 4.55 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. We're going to have to start bringing in paternity tests. And, uh... <laughs> oh, Jake's real, having a good time with the Jerry real, Springer real themes. Quick, real quick, in the YouTube comments here, this is my, my favorite one. I'm a wedding DJ, and I always have this on standby in case we get a brawl or two. <laughs> That's the best comment I saw. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it now. Fannie Willis thinks that questioning her about a secret affair with Nathan Wade that included paying him $600,000 of taxpayer money is anti-democracy. That was the quote she used. I am not a hostile witness. I very much want to be here, said... Um, said uh, Merchant's interests are contrary to... Merchant is the prosecutor that's questioning her. Miss Merchant's interests are contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. Uh, Somebody says Fanny's career is over. Um, It it is literally... Mark Levine just posted Fanny Willis is nuts. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. Listen, if you're near a TV, you want to watch this. I I don't know. I know Fox News is covering it. Who knows if CNN is covering it? Probably not. 